0: And even though it was terrifying, and even though I still have some issues at, from time to time, I just want to thank the Lord that He takes me through that every single... He took me through it, and He continues to take me through it. And that's, that's kind of what we're going to look at this morning. Take your Bibles and, and turn to 2 Peter, 2 Peter chapter 1. You know, the whole book of 2 Peter, while you're getting there, is basically Peter saying, hey, I'm going to put you in remembrance of some things. I want you to go back down memory lane i want to I want to remind you of some stuff and so we're going to be in uh second Peter chapter one I don't really know exactly how to go about this it's going to be kind of a Sunday school and it's going to be kind of a sermon and who knows but uh, we're going to be in God's word that's the main thing but but this morning kind of what I want to talk to you about is 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 uh what I've been dealing with you know I, I'm sure that's what What preachers and pastors and evangelists and everybody does Hey, whatever you're struggling with That's what you kind of hear from right here in most cases And and what I want to talk to you about this morning quickly Is guarding against apathy Apathy Let's define apathy What is apathy? Apathy is a lack of interest A lack of enthusiasm A lack of concern Being indifferent It doesn't affect me. Webster's 1828 Dictionary defined it as this. Incapable of being ruffled by pleasure, by pain, or by passion. Low emotion, low energy. And and you think, well, that, that only applies when I'm on my spiritual highs and everything's going well and everything's smooth. Not so. It, apply, it applies then, but it also applies when I'm on my spiritual lows and I feel like I'm as far away from God as I possibly can be because I'm too far from God in my lows and in my highs, I don't need God. Am I the only one that struggles with this? Hey, this, this, this is a fact. So what Peter, under inspiration of God, he, he's going to tell these early Christians right here, he's going to challenge them with some things. And, and don't you love how, how, how God uses the the person's personality, in what he wants to accomplish through his life. And so that's what Peter does. He, he, he kind of is going to challenge us here uh, on how to deal with apathy. you got to remember this, this uh, Second Peter here was written a short time before Peter was to be martyred that, that Jesus had predicted back in John 21. Uh, written to the early church, and, and again, the goal was to write, remind them of their salvation Remind them of the Lord's coming. But in 2 Peter 3.18, the last verse, what does he say? And while you're doing that, while you're preparing, I want you to grow in grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. So I don't, I don't want to just save you. I don't, I don't want you to just to be saved just to be on a shelf. I want you to be growing and continually being diligent in your Christian life and in your Christian walk until the Lord returns. So that's what we're going to look at this morning. Uh, 2 Peter chapter 1 verses 1 through 15 we'll, we we might break some of it down but then we got uh, we'll just tie it up here at the end let's let's read verse 1 Simon Peter a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ now what we may do is just we may read a few words and I'll just go ahead and define it as we as we kind of go through and then we'll uh, I don't want to lose you uh, but at the same time there's there's some things we need to see hey Peter, writing this under inspiration of God, says, Simon Peter. Well, right there, the whole, the whole chapter. Why did he say Simon Peter? Perhaps he wanted to remember who he was prior to him being called by Jesus. Remember, his, his, his original name was Simon, and now his name is Peter. So he says, Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ. And we, we know uh, from, from our study that, that an apostle... Uh, has seen the risen savior he performs miracles and he has a specific he's been specifically called by god simon peter a servant and apostle of jesus christ to them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of god and our savior jesus christ hey let's just go ahead and pray before we get started lord i come to you this morning god i just uh i thank you and praise you for for who you are, Lord. Just thank you for, for your word. And uh, as you challenge us this morning, Lord, I pray that we would uh, be attentive. I pray that we would uh, uh, act on what you have for us. And, and, and whatever is said and done, I pray that would honor and glorify you and, and, and just challenge us with your word. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So he says, To them that have obtained like precious faith, Obviously, that's to Christians, to believers, like precious faith, to the early Christians. By the way, there's only one faith. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father but by me. Now, what is faith? Faith is a conviction of truth. You understand? Conviction of truth. The difference is, is what, what is the object of that? Faith, what is the object of your faith? If I say 2 plus 2 is 4, that's absolute truth. I mean, I have a conviction about that. This is not, that's not the faith he's talking about. The faith he's talking about is, do you have a conviction of truth? Do you have a conviction of what Christ has done? Do you have a conviction that Christ was buried? He died, he was buried, he rose again according to the Scriptures in 1 Corinthians 15. Do you, do you put your faith in that? Is, is Jesus Christ the object of your faith? That's who I'm writing to, those people that, that have put their faith in that. Through the righteousness of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Hey, there's nothing that we did to obtain His righteousness. He did it all for us. Verse 2. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Increase, uh, Peter's saying, hey, increase your grace and peace through the knowledge of God and and Jesus our Lord. Verse 3 according as His divine power hath given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of Him that hath called us to glory and virtue. We are given promises that we might partner with Christ. Now, if you and I make a promise, that's one thing. How many of you broke a promise? I know I have. I have broken promise. We're getting a promise here from God who cannot lie, Titus 1 says. That's a different kind of promise. Hey, if we put, again, our faith, okay, and who's the object of our faith? Jesus Christ. He has provided and given us all things, the Bible says, that have pertained unto life and godliness through the knowledge of Him that hath called us to glory and virtue. Now, you think, man, that's pretty shallow. Well, actually, it's pretty simple, but it's pretty difficult, right? Because Romans 6 says, hey, we we still have this flesh, right? But he's writing to Christians that have been made righteous by what Christ did on the cross, and that he was buried and he rose again. So so now we're righteous, we're indwelt with the Holy Spirit of God. And now what he's saying is, hey, you need to partner up with the Holy Spirit you need to understand that he's made some promises from a God that cannot lie and he's given us all things how to live life and how to become godly. That's what he's saying. Verse 4. Whereby are given us exceeding great and precious promises that ye that these you might be partakers of the divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. So we know God has equipped us with all things to live godly lives. And he's also saying, hey, you don't have to sin. Romans 6, we're dead to that. Romans 6, 1 through 7. We don't have to sin. Look at verse verse 5. And beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue and the virtue knowledge. Now right here is where it really starts to begin where we want to get to. He's saying since you've been saved and since you've been provided all things for life and godliness and since you've been provided all these exceeding and precious promises for this reason you need to live like it. And here's how you do that. It starts with faith. You notice he don't say add faith. Because you already have faith. If you're a Christian, you have faith. Now, don't don't misunderstand me here. After that, though, the process of sanctification, is that all what we do or all what God does? It's both. It's both. That's why he says we've got to partner with the divine nature. We've got to be a partaker with the divine nature. The Holy Spirit that indwells us is a teacher, obviously. And as we yield to the Spirit... The Bible says we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh, shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And as we grow in His promises, how do we know what His promises are? we got to get in the promise book, right? We, we have to understand what God's Word says in order to even begin that process. So again, don't, don't, don't lose what, what Peter's doing here. He's saying, listen, he's writing to these Christians. And by the way, he knows he don't have much time left. I mean, he, he knows this is not too many... Uh, Not too far before he was martyred for his his faith. And beside this, verse 5, giving all diligence. Now, diligent. What does that word diligent mean? That means an earnestness in accomplishing, to promote, to strive. But notice how this whole thing begins with faith, the conviction of truth. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 for by grace are you saved through faith. It's not ourselves, it's a gift to God, or we'd brag about it, right? So, so, so it begins with faith, but on top of that faith, now don't, don't misunderstand me, it's not works-based, okay? We're going to have some works because we're saved, not to get saved. So he's getting ready to give us a list right here in a minute. And if we could go through this whole list saying that we're a good person, say we have knowledge and understanding, say we have some self-restraint, saying we have some, some perseverance, saying we, have, uh, we, we, can, we can fake it and reflect the nature of God and we, we love people and we, we can do all that stuff, but if we don't have faith, we're not there. You, in other words, he's saying starts with faith. That is the building block, faith and trust in the person of Jesus Christ. And then we're going to add to that. And beside this, giving all diligence. Add to your faith virtue and to virtue knowledge. Now, virtue means that's a, that's a moral excellence. That's that's basically being a good person. Knowledge is that's that's understanding. And again, how how are we gonna get knowledge? How are we gonna gain knowledge or how are we gonna understand if we're not getting in God's word? That's that's what Peter's challenging. That's that's what I'm challenging you with this morning. And you're going to see why here in just a minute. We're going the long way around, but we'll get there, I promise. Look at verse 6. And to knowledge, I want you to add something else, temperance. Temperance there is self-control, self-control or self-restraint. And to temperance, patience. That's perseverance. Uh, that's uh, steadfast. That's constancy. Uh, and to patience, godliness. Now, what that is, is godliness is... is, is has the idea of reflecting the nature of God. Uh, you know, if if, if we're start beginning with faith and we're adding all these building blocks, we're going to reflect the nature of God Himself. Uh, look at verse 8. No, I'm for, verse 7, I'm sorry. And to godliness, brotherly kindness. And to brotherly kindness, charity. Brotherly kindness there has the idea of, uh, of family love. Uh, uh, and... and uh, Charity, we all know what that charity is. That's that's that agape love. That's that selfless, sacrificial love with no thought of return. Completely selfless, that type of love. And that type of love can only come by Jesus Christ. You know, we can't muster that up. We might might be able to fake that for a while, but uh, that only comes uh, from the Lord. So, again, so what's Peter doing? He's, He's writing to these early Christians and he's saying, "Listen, you've got everything you need you've been you've been equipped, you've been tooled, you've got all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him so so getting the word and and I know you're saved because you've got so, you, your faith you've demonstrated that faith, so to that faith, I want you to add some things and and I want you to add some moral excellence. I want you to add some knowledge and understanding. I want you to add some self-control and add some some perseverance and and add some some uh reflecting the nature of God and add some love and so add, add, add. You say, man, that sounds almost, almost like works-based stuff. Well, again, the process of sanctification, what he's going to try to tell us to guard against right here is if all we get saved and satisfied, we're going to sit around, like I heard, well, somebody said, a, uh, uh, not, on, not a knot on a log, but a bump on a cucumber, something like that. So after we're saved, there's some things... That we have to do so we don't slip-slide into being an apathetic Christian. You follow me so far? That's what Peter said, under inspiration of God. Now, verse 8. For if these things be in you and abound. Now, we know there's, we know there's some things in us, right? Uh, the, we, we have some, some spiritual gifts. We've been indwelt with the Holy Spirit. There's some stuff in us, but is it abounding? Is it making itself known? Is, it, uh, um, is there evidence of that? For if, they think, if these things be in you, all these things he's t- telling us to add to our faith and abound, they make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful, in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So so what Peter's saying is he's look, look early Christians you got everything you need that pertains to life and godliness to your faith I want you to add this 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 and this moral excellence and and, and all these things and if, if if these things are in you and they abound they're going to come out okay and, and, and they're going to they they're, they're there in quantity If they're there, they're going to protect you from some stuff. First thing they're going to protect you from is being barren. Say, what does that mean? Neither barren. Now, that that word there, barren, think about this. that, That means free from labor. That means at leisure. That has the idea of being lazy. So, if these things are abounding and you're diligent in adding these things, you won't be... Free from labor or at leisure. Okay? Again, we're talking about apathy. So what happens to us? I mean, we we don't have to be lazy people secularly, but we can be lazy people spiritually. You follow me? Look at verse 8. If these things be in you and abound, they may make you that you you, you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful. Unfruitful. That, that is uh, not yielding what it ought to yield. okay? John 15, look, we're supposed to be bearing some fruit, right? You've heard people say, hey, if, if you got somebody as big as God living inside of you, you ought to poke out somewhere. You know what I mean? So we are indwelt with the Holy Spirit. John 15 says, hey, we need to be bearing some fruit. Uh, look at verse 9. Now, if you lack these things, but he that lacketh these things, he that does not add on, he that lacketh these things is blind. That's, that, ha- that, that has the idea there of being mentally blind or, 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 or kind of looking through an obscure glass or, or not clear. You ever got foggy-minded spiritually? You know what I mean? You just don't know which way to go. You don't know how to pray. You don't know. You're just kind of wishy-washy. The Bible says a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. And I can say amen to that for sure. So, again, if, if you're not adding to your faith, then, then uh, you will become unfruitful and, and spiritually blind. And then the other part of that verse, in verse 9, says, Then you cannot see afar off, and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. cannot see far off. Near-sighted, uh, consumed, really with the short term. Really, the idea is, hey, we're so concerned with self. I'm so concerned about me and what affects me and what doesn't affect me that I'm not even looking out there. So again, you add this stuff, you, you, you won't get in that shape. And lastly, it says, "And have forgotten." That he was purged from his old sins, forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Um, now I don't know about you, but I mean, think about the children of Israel; they had to be reminded a lot, didn't they? Think about Peter right now; he's writing to the early Christians. I, I'm not no, I'm not a scholar whatsoever, but the but the study I did was like this may be about thirty years or so from the day of Pentecost when he got up there on on a stump and, and and just just fired it up and preached. You you would think that in 30 years, they wouldn't need to be reminded of all these stuff the way he's he's going at them right now with it and kind of challenging them. So how much more do we need to be reminded because we forget some stuff, don't we? I mean I forget just like I was I was kind of testifying what God did for me three years ago. You know you you, you tend to forget where you came from and what God did for you, and and so he he's gonna on later in the chapter here he's going to tell them hey you need to remember some things so but but if you lack these things if you're not adding on to your faith you blind you can't see afar off and in and, and have forgotten that he was purged cleansed from his old sins forgotten that we've been cleansed look at verse 10 wherefore the rather brethren give diligence there's that word again diligence Give diligence to make your calling and election sure. Now, that's not, hey, not loss of salvation or, 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 or your work to stay saved. You say, well, you know, I, I'm not, again, I'm not a scholar, but, but I can tell you this. We are called. We are elected. You say, how's that? According to his foreknowledge. That whosoever put their faith and trust in a person of Jesus Christ... The day we accepted Him and Him alone for salvation. So, you know, we we don't even have to uh, get involved in that particular particular truth. To me, it's pretty simple. According to His foreknowledge, He knows who's going to accept and reject Him as Savior. That's the bottom line. So... Verse 10, wherefore the rather brethren give diligence to make your, election, your calling and election sure. He's saying, hey, uh, exert yourself here. Put some effort into making your calling and in your, in your election stable. I mean, you, you want to make your Christian walk stable. For if you do these things, do what things? Add to your faith, virtue, and all, all the lists that we, that we went through. If you do these things, if you add on, add on, add on, Then you shall never fall. Now, that's not fall from salvation. We know that. Uh, No man's able to pluck pluck us out of the Father's hand. We're sealed the day of redemption. I mean, we, we know all those truths, right? We understand that. It has nothing to do with losing your salvation. Here's what it has to do with. How many of you have stumbled in your Christian walk? I have. So he's saying, look, if you add to your faith, if you add all these, this list of things that I give, give all diligence to add to your faith virtue and knowledge and temperance and patience and godliness and brotherly kindness and charity. If you add all these to your faith, it'll keep you from stumbling. It'll keep you, it'll keep you where you need to be in your Christian walk. It'll keep you in your sanctification. That's why he can say, grow in grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ uh, in, in chapter 3 there. So, verse 11. For so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You know, sometimes you just got to acknowledge what you don't know. And I studied this verse, and I prayed about this verse. All I can come up with is, hey, we know that there's some crowns available. All right? We know that uh, there's some crowns available uh, for For our obedience as christians and and how we uh, accept our calling and and i 'll just leave it at that for so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly in the, into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, verse twelve Wherefore I will not be now peter Peter 's about to get on him here now this is the, this is his personality coming out. Wherefore I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance. Of these things, though you know them. Now, let's stop right there. I mean, would you agree that for the last several years, we have been taught absolute truth in the Word of God? Amen. Amen. I mean, I've grown more than I have ever grown in my life. Not because He's such a great man, but because He yielded to the Spirit and taught us what the Word of God says. Okay? So what I'm going to tell you is, Peter's saying, look, I'm going to put you in remembrance of these things, though you know them. I'm here to tell you this morning. I need to be reminded of some stuff, though I know them. We know all these truths. There's probably not one thing that somebody's not going to come through the doors back there and preach or teach on that we haven't heard before. Though you know them. He's saying, hey, you need to go back and remember some stuff. Because if not, you're going to slide into apathy. Though you know them. And be established in the present truth. And I like that. Look at verse 12. You know them. I won't be careless in bringing to your remembrance these things, though you know them. And here's what I want you to do I want you to set your mind on them right now. The present truth. See, we always look ahead. And that's fine. We should. We should look ahead. But I'm telling you, He's got something for us right now. Peter's telling them, though you know Him, in the present truth is where I want you to uh, be established. Look at verse 13. Yeah, I think it's me as long as I'm in this tabernacle to stir you up by putting you into remembrance. Peter's goal here is to motivate them to keep coming back to the truth as long as he lives. Hey, he knows he's got a short time. Uh, but, but he's continuing to feed his sheep. Remember what Jesus told him to do? Hey, I want you to feed my sheep. And he, he, he's still feeding his sheep uh, right up to the end. As long as I'm in this tabernacle to stir you up by putting you into remembrance. Now, that idea there of being uh, stirred up, you know, we, we need to be stirred up. I ain't going to lie. Uh, to stir it up there means to awaken, to wake up, to arouse from sleep, even to agitate. You know, we got this burn barrel at the house that uh, Christy, she's been bringing all these documents from the office. I don't even know what I'm burning. Hopefully we won't get arrested. (laughs) Anyway, we're bringing all these documents and, and, and we're burning them in the burn barrel and I'm throwing them in there. And You know what? Everything you need for fire, for that to be consumed is there. But what happens is if you throw that thing in there as a box and it's stacked together, that thing just starts smoking and stinking up the whole road. You know what I mean? But all I do, I take one of my old hand doggers, I stick it down in there, I stir it up a little bit. And as soon as I stir that thing up, it takes off again. Hey, same idea with us, spiritually. Everything we need pertain to life and godliness. Peter's saying, we got it. Hey, you know all the truths. You got faith. You add all this stuff. You won't slide back into apathy. But here's what I'm going to do. I want you to go back down memory lane. And I'm going to stir you up. I'm going to challenge you. So you remember that you have been cleansed from your old sins. Remember where you came from to begin with. Verse 14, knowing that shortly I must put off this tabernacle, and even as our Lord Jesus Christ has showed me. And again, he, he's referencing there. Peter knew he didn't have much time left. Uh, in John 21, he, he told him, uh, he had predicted that. Uh, in verse 15, Moreover, I will endeavor that you, might, that you may be able after my decease to have these things always in remembrance. So tradition says Peter, Peter was crucified upside down because he didn't want to be crucified like his Savior. Uh, the bottom line is, you know, I, I don't know if that's true or not, but I can tell you this, he continued to feed his sheep. Jesus said, feed my sheep, told Peter, feed my sheep, and he, he continued to do just that. So got a couple of questions for you, and we're about done. So am I apathetic? Ask yourself this morning. I, I've, I had already asked myself. That's why we're studying what we're studying. <laughs> am I apathetic? Am I barren, free from labor, lazy, leisure, spiritually? Okay. Am I unfruitful? Am I not yielding what I ought to yield? Am I blind? Am I spiritually blind? Can I not, is things not clear in my life spiritually? Have I forgotten the sacrifice that Christ made for me and for whosoever and for the whole world and, and that we've been cleansed? Uh, from, from the, we're, we're not who we used to be uh, we got his righteousness he got all of our sin took it upon him and, and willingly laid his life down and, and he was buried and he rose again for you and for me do we, do we go back and remember that or have we forgotten that if we fail to use these tools of what God has given us if you think about this that, that, that answers the question as to whether or not you're apathetic if you said yes to any of those hey we could be sl- sliding down that slope and I'll have to tell you how many times do we go through life and we get blinders on? I'm completely guilty of this. I get blinders on, I'm going to the next thing, I'm going to the next thing, I got to get the next thing accomplished. And the whole time, I have forgotten what Christ has done for me. And the whole time, I'm, I'm, I'm just looking at the nose of my truck and I'm not seeing afar off. And the whole time, I'm so consumed with what I have to do. That what, am I, what else am I missing? That's apathy. And it can be in the highs of highs. It can be in the lows of lows. Because either one, what it boils down to is we're consumed with us. And that's hard. I mean, that's hard. But hey, the good news is, that's what Peter's telling you. Hey, we can guard against that. Here's how you do it. So how do we guard against that? Hey, first of all, look at verse 4. We need to partner that, that, that word there, partaker, means to partner with. We need to partner with the divine nature. And then we need to promote, being a promoter. We need to diligently add virtue, knowledge, temperance, patience, godliness, kindness, charity. Because He's given everything we need to put forth the effort. Because it's a two-way street. Sanctification runs two ways. It's not all God, and it's certainly not all us. He always does His part. But we have a part, and our part is to add. Our part is to, and how can we add really, and this is, I'm talking to myself here. How can we add really if we're not in here? How can we understand? How can we grow in grace and knowledge when we don't know what we really need to be understanding? So it's, it's fairly simple, but that's, all, that's what Peter's saying. Hey, I'm just going gonna, gonna to remind you some things. How to guard against it? Partner and partake. Be a promoter. Be a possessor. So what do you mean by that? Verse 8. In you and abound. Hey, don't squander the opportunity. Because if these things be in you and abound. You know, we we can keep them in there, but not abound. Peter says, look, if they're in you and abound, you can guard against being apathetic. Don't squander that opportunity. And we need to put into remembrance and get stirred up, verse 13. Yeah, I think it's meat as long as I'm in this tabernacle to stir you up by putting you into remembrance. Though we know them. Okay, again, we're not going to hear many truths. We're not going to hear many new things that we've never been taught or heard before. We could, probably not going to. So, even though we know them, are we adding? Are we adding to our faith? Are we adding to our faith? And this is what we need to be put in remembrance of. I was listening to a song this morning, and I'm going to read the lyrics to this song, and then we will, we will close for the, for the morning, for the Sunday school hour. And, and I just want you to, as I read these lyrics, I want you to think about this. You know, the pastor was talking last week about psalms, hymns, and what was the last one? Spiritual psalms, okay. This is a spiritual song right here. I'm going to read the lyrics of it. And I want you to hear the truth, the biblical truth in this song. And I want you to go back down memory lane because that's, again, Peter wants us to be stirred up, agitated, brought back to. Here's the lyrics. I was a wretch. I remember who I was. I was lost. I was blind. I was running out of time. Sin separated. The breach was far too wide. But from the far side of the chasm, you held me in your sight. So you made a way across the great divide, left behind heaven's throne to build it here inside. And there at the cross, you paid the debt I owed. You broke my chains freed my soul for the first time i had hope thank you jesus for the blood applied thank you jesus it has washed me white thank you jesus you saved my life you brought me from the darkness into glorious light you took my place laid inside my tomb of sin you were buried for three days and then you walked right out again. I don't know if that don't get you fired up something wrong. <laughs> and now death has no sting and life has no end. For I have been transformed by the blood of the Lamb. Thank you, Jesus, for the blood applied. Thank you, Jesus, it has washed me white. Thank you, Jesus, you've saved my life. You brought me from darkness into glorious light. I don't know about you, but we need to be reminded of that. We need to be stirred up to the fact of what Christ did for us. We need to be stirred up to the fact that what He's brought us through, not only for salvation, but just the things that He's brought you through in life. Because we have everything that pertains unto life and godliness to protect us from apathy. Let's, let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word. Thank you for this time, this Sunday school hour, Lord. I just uh thank you for the challenge, God. I pray that uh that uh that we would be obedient uh to whatever you put on our heart, Lord. Uh Lord, I pray for the upcoming service. Pray for Pastor Burks. I pray that you just fill him up. I pray, Lord, that uh all the singing and everything that's done will be done for your honor and your glory. Uh Lord, just uh pray for the folks that are coming in. I pray that we just put away all distractions and and just let you have your way in Jesus name i pray amen